Hey friend, this is Ben Liston, Senior Pastor of the Stanton First Church of God. I want to personally thank you for joining us today here on our podcast. I hope the message is challenging, encouraging, and builds your faith. Now enjoy the message. Upon Jesus' resurrection, he appeared to the disciples and stayed with them for a period of 40 days. He came to them while they were hiding. He told Thomas, touch my wounds. He cooked and ate fish with them, taught them many things before ascending back to the Father. Death could not hold him. Paul writes in Romans 8.34, Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died. And Paul says, but more than that, who was raised to life. He did not just die. He was raised to life. Jesus has always been, and he is now. Paul continues and he says, and he sits at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Now think about that for just a moment. With all the chaos that we face anymore, with all the restrictions that we deal with, with so much fear and confusion in this time, space, and matter world that we live in, the one who has no beginning, the one who created all things, the one who death cannot hold, is praying to the Father. For you. Jesus is alive and well today. Thank God for that. Jesus has always been. He is now. And church, He will always be. Our main passage of Scripture for this, for this series has been Isaiah 9 verse 6. I want you to look and listen with me. To verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. There's another concept that we just can't seem to wrap our minds around. Forever. Revelation 1, 8, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and was and who is to come. And again, in Revelation 22, verses 12 and 13, he says, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus has always been, he is now, and he will always be. Now, as John was about to receive the revelation of Jesus, he became afraid at the image standing before him. John saw one standing among seven golden lampstands. Dressed in a brilliant white robe and gold sash, hair like wool and white as snow, a face bright like the sun, feet like brass, eyes like fire, and a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Church, um, 
I'm just going to be completely honest with you. If I were to wake up and to see that standing in my room or in my office, I would probably fall down in terror just like John did. But Jesus touches John, puts his hand on his shoulder, and he says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive. Here it is. Forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. Church, we may not be able to fully grasp what everlasting means. But I understand that Jesus is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He has always been, He is now, and will always be. So we've got everlasting. We've got a little bit of a grasp on that. And let me tell you, that's just beginning trying to explain and trying to understand what everlasting means. The eternal, eternalness of God. I don't even know if that's a word. Eternalness? Well, we're going to say it. We're going to go with it anyway. But the everlasting power of God. The second part of this name, Father, is what I'm really looking forward to. Now, before I dig into Father, let me, let me touch on something for just a minute. A little side note here and try to explain something and maybe clear up a little bit of confusion um, that some people may have when talking about the name of the gift, the gift being Jesus, the Son of God. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. How can he now be called Father? I want you to understand that this is in no way contradictory to the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Three in one. All distinct, yet all in one. Within the Trinity, the Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Father. However, in relation to unity among the Trinity and us, Jesus can be called Father. Jesus told Philip, when Philip asked him, show us the Father, Jesus says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Listen. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the Father of creation. He is the Father of truth. He is the Father of salvation. The Father of the church. The Father of eternity. Making the lame everlasting Father just as true and holy as Son of God. Now that we've got that settled out of the way, when I hear the term Father, it brings good memories for me, good feelings for me. I love and respect my dad, despite his many flaws. He was not perfect by any means, but I promise you, he would also be the first one to admit to you that he was not perfect. But I always knew 
my dad had my back. And when I was in desperate need of a hug, my dad gave the best ones. I love being a father myself. I'm blessed with two wonderful girls who are adding to our family through marriage and grandchildren, which by the way, we are still waiting for our next one in January. She'll be here soon. I'm definitely not a perfect father. And I'm sure they would agree. But I do the best I can. Many of you feel the same way I do. When you think of your father, you think of love, respect, honor, safety, security, and many other attributes of a great father. However, there are just as many of you who don't feel the same way. To you, thinking of your father, you feel rejected. You feel hurt, lonely, sadness, being unwanted, abandoned, maybe bring out feelings of anger, even hate, and many other emotions left behind by a bad experience or an absent father. But I can tell you all, there is one father who is perfect in every way, and we can experience him through Jesus Christ. You see, the father that we're reading about today, this everlasting father, he is always present. He is always present. According to the United States Census Bureau, 18.3 million children live without a father or father figure in the home. Church, that's one out of every four children. And I know there are multiple reasons for the absence of a father in the home, but the statistic is still a sad one. We just don't have enough fathers in home with our children. But Psalm 68 verses 4 and 5 says, Sing to God, sing praise to His name, extol Him who rides on the clouds. His name is the Lord and rejoice before Him. Here it is, church. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in His dwelling. A father to the fatherless. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 and Hebrews 13 5 say the same. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. For those who have those feelings of abandonment, rejection, loneliness, God desires to be your father. And you can experience that through Christ. From the very beginning, God has desired a loving, fatherly relationship with His creation. He is a father who is always near, who never sleeps, and can be called upon at any time, anywhere. God is always present. 
And He always provides. During the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, 9 through 11, Jesus teaches about the provisions of the Father. And He asks this question. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Church, we serve a God that is always there, and always provides. Doesn't matter what it is, his provisions are perfect. Keep in mind, they may not be the things that we specifically ask for or that we specifically want, but he always provides everything that we specifically need. Again, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus tells us. Not to worry about anything. Don't worry about clothes, food, shelter, or even time itself. The Father already knows what you need, and He wants to give every good and perfect gift to all who, who need and is in seek Him first. So our everlasting Father is one who is always present and who always provides. And He always pardons. Church, I'm going to admit to you, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've committed a lot of sin. But thankfully, I serve a God, a Heavenly Father, that pardons. And Jesus has washed them all away. The Father's grace far outweighs my sin. 1 John 1.9, He says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. My favorite story of fatherhood in the Bible, I'm sure is, a, is similar to what you would probably think of in the prodigal son found in Luke chapter 15. You know the story, story well. You have a young son that no longer wants to live under the authority of the father. No longer wants to have anything to do with his father. And so he makes a plan to say, Father, just give me my inheritance. You know what he's saying? You really know what the son is saying right there? Because your inheritance doesn't come until after death. The son is really saying, Dad, I wish you were already gone. Just give me what's mine. The father splits his inheritance and gives the son what he's asked for. And not long after that, the son decides to leave. And he goes about and he does his own thing. Squanders all of his money with riotous living, foolish spending. 
All to the point where everybody else has left him. All the friends he thought he had that partied with him. Well, now that the money's gone, they move on to someone else. And so now you have the son that has told the father, I don't want you anymore. He turns to wild living and now the wild living doesn't want him anymore. He has nothing. So much to the point that he finds himself wallowing around in a pigsty. Wishing that he could eat what the pigs were eating. Then he comes to his senses and says, I'll go back to my father. At least the servants of my father are being taken care of. So he devises a speech to say to his father when he gets home that I have sinned against you and if you would just please make me a servant in your home. All this is going on. What's the father doing? The father is searching. The father looks day after day after day at the horizon waiting for any kind of sign to see that his son is coming home. And one day the father sees the son off in the distance. He can see him coming. And what does the father do? In a very undignified way, he runs to his son. And then doesn't even let him finish his speech. The father is so excited, he runs to his son and he grabs him up and he hugs him tight. He says, my son is home. And he calls for the servants to put a robe of honor on him. To put a ring of authority on him and to put sandals back on his feet. Restore my son is what the father is doing. The father didn't ask where he was, what he did, where he had been. The father already knew. And yet he pardoned him anyway. Restoring him, not as a servant, but as his child. This is a picture of our heavenly father. Our everlasting father. Chasing after us in order to forgive us and to restore us to His glory. That is our everlasting Father who has always been, is now, and will always be the perfect Father. And you have the opportunity to become his child. 
Hey friend, thanks again for listening. I hope this message was a blessing to you. For more information about our church, go to our website at www.stantonfcog.com. You can also join us on Facebook at Stanton First Church of God. If this message helped you in any way, hit the share button below. Thanks again for listening, and always remember, God loves you, and so do I.